Sometimes we can connect with another person's heart and spirit even if we've never met them in person, as is the case with my next guest, E.J. Snyder. You may know E.J. from his five legendary appearances on the hit TV series on Discovery Channel, Naked and Afraid and Naked and Afraid XL, as well as the host on Season 9 of Dual Survival, First Man Out with Ed Stafford Season 1, amongst many other TV and film projects. EJ is an extreme survivalist, adventurer, and retired Army combat vet. He is an expert in leadership, tracking, trapping, building shelter, watercraft, equipment, and primitive weapons, as well as navigation, security, self-reliance, and self-defense. There is truly no biography, though, that can encompass all who EJ Snyder is. EJ and I shared a powerful soul-connecting conversation regarding leadership, humility, turning challenges into greatness, compassion, tenacity, working as a team, and so, so much more. I am certain you will walk away from this conversation inspired to go suck the bone marrow out of life. You are listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we upgrade our relationships and life by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's go have some fun. Welcome, EJ Snyder. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. Okay, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. So before we even get started, I wanted to humbly and gratefully thank you for your 25 years of service to our country. You are a highly decorated Army combat veteran who's seen combat in both Gulf Wars as well as Operation Iraqi Freedom. And I just wanted to say thank you. My honor to serve, and I would do it all over again. Yeah, it's every time I see a military person, I'm just like, thank you. I feel like following them around and just saying thank you because yeah. it's like, it's, it's just, it's, it brings tears to my eyes and yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just such a gratitude feeling. So and we, we always appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, true warriors and uh, lifelong warriors. You know, we're very humble brood. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, to us, it's just kind of hard to accept any thanks for something that many of us just kind of, you know, volunteered to do, understood what the, what, you know, what the, you know, what the, the tally was to do that. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I got in, didn't think I was going to do 25 years. And next thing I know, 25 years has gone by like that. And yeah. for me, it was just an honor to serve the country, to keep people's you know, safe and free. And, and, uh, I would do it all over again. And, but, you know, it's not that we don't appreciate it. You know, veterans is very hard for them to, you know, accept thanks for what we went through and, but always keep doing it. And, uh, it's very, very humbling and grateful to, to always hear that. So I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I understand because it's, I think it's kind of like that hero feeling. Let's say somebody pulls someone out of a burning car, a car accident, and people are saying, thank you. And they're like, well, this, it just seems normal to me. Like it's kind of just yeah. what I do. I, I, you know, you hear that a lot where people are like, well, yeah, yeah, you're welcome, but it's just kind of what I do. Yeah. And I, it's kind of how I am in life and, and, you know, going through all the adventures after the military that I've been through and how, you know, the one thing I didn't see coming through all that, you know, I always wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be an actor and a stuntman since I was a little kid. Oh, really? uh, but my, my life took a different turn. And I found it was much easier just to be me, go through my adventures and let them film me just being me. But what I never saw coming was the other side of it, where 
uh, I've inspired, motivated, and, uh, you know, became a hero to so many. Uh, it's so humbling because I never saw that coming, that I would be, in a way, just being myself and presenting myself through the challenges I go through and how I interact with people and how I handle tough situations, that that would become a, you know, basically a battle banner for others in their life, whether they're trying to get in shape, uh, fight addiction, having a relationship issue, trying to get through school, look for a job, uh, even the pandemic, uh, it's uh, life-threatening illnesses, addiction, whatever. Uh, and I just humbly, am, you know, just God's voice for that. You know, I'm just the, just the vessel and the message. You know, I don't take any credit or make any excuses for who I am. I just go out there and do what I'm supposed to do. And it's my that. life's purpose. So, you know, um, you were given in your military service time, I believe you were given the term, the name skull crusher. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about why you were handed such a powerful name? Uh, it's kind of funny how it came about. I mean, I was bullied as a kid and had to go through a lot of things. It wasn't just like one kid was bullied. It was a whole group of them. I lacked a lot of self-confidence as a kid. I uh, was trying to get really good at sports and, you know, my folks divorced when I was very young. So I, I developed a, I figured the best way to get develop self-confidence was to start learning how to box. I was doing wrestling in school. I wasn't a very rich kid. So I'd have my friends would go to karate classes of all types, judo, taekwondo, this, that, and the other thing. And so I would just tell them, Hey, teach me what you learn. And I developed a style of just very unorthodox fighting style, which is now a lot of people call MMA or mixed martial arts. Uh, by back then, it, I was doing it before anybody had a cool name to it. But it helped bring me some confidence that I could stand up to those folks in a way that I was a bigger kid and got bigger very quickly. And when other kids I'd see getting the same thing going on, I'd go rescue them. And yeah. I'd become not really a bully of bullies, but I'd be that guardian. And um, so that kind of carried on in the military. I was doing a lot of fighting on the, in the boxing teams and stuff like that. And uh, one night, this guy who was known for getting very intoxicated and sucker punching people, sucker punched one of my friends. All I saw was his fist come by my head, pop my friend. He went down. I shoved the guy out of the way. And my friend was going to definitely need to get stitches up here. Uh, and I was looking at him. And then that guy's rumbling, grumbling back there. And I don't really hear him. I'm not paying attention. I'm trying to take care of my friend. And I get hit with this, like, piece of glass, whether it was a bottle or a mug on the back of the head. And then my battle just rears up and I turn around. I'm like, buddy, you're better off sandpaper to grizzly bear's ass than a screw with me. <laughs> and so I shoved him down. I said, stay down. He tried to get up and, and tried to start a fight again. I put him down and just jumped on him pretty quickly and just started pounding him, uh, knocked him down, got on him, pop, 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 and got off him. Like, look, I'm not messing with you. Everybody pulled me off. I'm like, I get my friend to the hospital. I'm off. I went. And so the next day, as in the military is, I've had many nicknames, but uh, I'm walking up to formation and I hear, hey, what's up, Skull Crusher? Hey, Skull Crusher. I'm like, what are these guys talking about? So I look a few for, a few platoon formations down and this guy's got all kinds of bandages on his face and whatever. And apparently I fractured up his face pretty good uh, and was known in the boxing ring for having uh, fists of cinder blocks. When I used to hit people, they'd always say, oh, it feels like he's crushing my head so that Skull wow. Crusher name kind of came from that. And, you know, I, I tell people, you know, I, I, 
I've never thrown a first punch in my life outside the ring or combat, but I've thrown a hell of a lot of last punches. And so there you go. That's awesome. I love that. So let's jump in and, <clears throat> and talk about your appearances on this Discovery Channel's Naked and Afraid. Okay. If I'm correct, you've had five challenges with zero tap outs, and I believe a total correct. of 163 days, which is incredibly amazing. Yes, that's that's what it is. Yeah, that's amazing. 163 days, five challenges. Is the very first person to ever take the challenge on. Uh, was recruited for another show, and they picked up another guy for that series, and they're like, "Hey, we'll call you." So I was coming off of a, a challenge called 72 Hours that TNT was filming. It was a race for $100,000. You met your partners on the starting line. And it was just two people that should have never left their couch. But that's who I had as teammates. So I'm dragging them all through Fiji. Uh, long story short, we never found the found the money. We were in the, the runnings for it. But uh, I had one partner was just completely um, just not ready for prime time and shouldn't have really been out there. And so that was pretty challenging because I'm very competitive. And I was fresh out of the military. So when I was back in the hotel room, they're like, hey, you got this really extreme survival challenge. We think you're amazing for it. You're our most qualified guy we've ever seen. And if we figure if we put you out there uh, with a partner and they're pretty tough, if you guys can survive this location, the other five locations and the people we got will be no problem. I'm like, sure, sign me up. I'm always up for a challenge. The naked part slowly came along as we went meeting after meeting it felt like strip poker they kept taking something away from me so eventually i wound up out there and it was like hey we're, we're, we're gonna go buck naked on this thing and i'm like okay no problem bit of a nudist so uh, whatever <laughs> and, uh, down. i'm like yeah no, no problem it's just like the ultimate challenge you know you get a couple tools and that's it and then uh off we go yeah i'm doing a podcast <laughs> Guys on their ATVs going to lunch, I guess. Those are my favorite. <clears throat> so when you're out here in the in the woods, it's you know, you never know what you're gonna run into. But I love it. Uh, and it's the same thing with the challenge. You never know what you're gonna run into. And you know, the funniest moment was when I'm marching along with my partner behind me, and we're marching across the Serengeti plains of Tanzania, and uh, we're hearing lions roaring in the background and elephants, and and uh, I look back over my shoulder and I look at this amazing scene of me and my partner behind her is the camera guy, sound guy, the producer. And then they had all the executives came out for day two to follow us on our five mile trek across the, the Serengeti Plains to water. And there's like 10 or 12 executives behind them in all their brand new Eddie Bauer clothes. And I'm thinking, what are these animals thinking? Seeing two naked people <laughs> being trailed by a bunch of people in clothing, what the hell is going on here? So, you know, it was I knew from the very first step of stepping and getting thorns in my feet that it was going to be a tough challenge. Yeah. And um, proud to have been the first one to take that step because the now, oh, I don't know how many people, now, well over 200 other people have been able to go out and have this experience now because my partner Kelly and I got it right. And so, and I work with the show consulting quite a bit on locations and themes and things like that, as well as I work with casting to interview future people to go out. I screen them. To see if they got what it takes so that's yeah. just some some of the other stuff i do with my private business outside of tv and i teach survival i do motivational speaking um i do a lot of writing for magazines i'm, I'm trying to author some books which is a, it's just a matter of finding time for books mm -hmm. um yeah it is so i'm in the team building and things like that so i got a whole lot of things going on with influencing and 
you, you go to my website, ejsnarrow.com. You can see all the things I, I got going on there and getting ready to release a whole line of uh, downloadable tutorial survival videos that I did last year during COVID. I've got 11 of them. That's so awesome. they're really great stuff. They're 4K quality. I got this 4K camera. I had my son come out there and film me teaching basic survival skills. So we're going to have that on the website within the next day or so that you can purchase them for just a small fee for downloading. They're anywhere from just over an hour to an hour and a half long each. So it's a lot of great information. Yeah, you got a lot of good stuff on there. I was going through it the other day and I was like, oh, he offered, oh, thank you. you know, uh, tools and food and like yep. all kinds of things. Yeah. It's a really great thing you got going on there. I mean, you're just spreading yeah. it out there. Yeah, and all the gear I get involved with, I, I test for anywhere for three to six months before I sign my name onto it and right. get involved with it. And I'm all into nutrition. I'm a, I used to be a bodybuilder. You know, I was always an athlete in the military. So I wanted my dehydrated foods to be no preservatives, no GMOs, highly nutrition, packed with vitamins, packed with real protein, not the powder stuff. And have a long shelf life and be good for the body, keep you healthy because, you know, it's hard to stay healthy out in a survival situation. So I want the foods to take care of that. Yes. All the water systems I'm involved with, you know, pure water is important for the body and then good tools. And so, you know, I get behind things that are really high quality and I test them out and they better work. Like they didn't have a knife I needed. So I designed one with Tops Knives and I've got two of them now. Uh, <clears throat> and there's some fun stuff on there, too. You know, flip-flops and other things. So I saw that. Yeah, got, you, you've been yeah, busy, You want t-shirts, I got it all. <laughs> you've been busy. So in a recent Instagram post, because after the 60-day challenge, I'm fairly new to Instagram. <clears throat> okay. Um, and my daughter was pushing me to get on there. And so I got on there. But after the 60, <clears throat> excuse me, 60-day challenge, I was like, I got to see if, if any of these people are on there. And I looked you up and I was like, oh, there's EJ. So I started following you. And in a recent post, because it, it is uh, it is super important to be prepared, obviously, with your tools and the things that you bring with yes. you. But you know, I want to get into the mindset mindset aspect of this because you know we both know that's like the coup de grace, that like where the rubber hits the, the road. Yeah, that's the most important survival tool you have mm -hmm. is your mind, a mindset. And my motto to Esponsa Superstars is Latin for survive by your own will. It talks about that. And for me, I've, I've done several articles years ago. I probably need to post them on my website about mindset. And it's it's culminating thing. It's about mental toughness, physical prowess, a will not to quit, never to give up, an iron will, that will to live. Um, it's skills and um, tenacity, being have that grit to mm -hmm. take tough things and just, just kind of get through them. And a lot of people always ask, how do you develop mindset? I'm like, well, mindset and mental toughness is something that's developed through your life. The hard days you go through and what did you do to get to the other side of it? Did you, did you roll over in a, in a little ball and mm -hmm. start crying or did you become a solution finder? Did you find a solution to what you were going through? <clears throat> and I find that with people that tend to tap or quit or give up, it becomes very habitual for them. It can become a very easy thing for them to continue to do unless they break that cycle because you quit on something once, it's so easy to do again. And so, you know, from an early age in my life as a young kid, I just, I didn't like being picked last for sports and I was very uncoordinated. But the one thing I was good at, I was super fast, faster than anybody else. So I'm like, that's my strength. Now I got to capitalize on that strength and kind of get the other stuff in there. And so I only, I got good at every sport, didn't really master, I mastered some, but not like I, 
at, at a certain level. I, I just never wanted to be picked last. So I wanted to be good enough at every sport. So I never got picked last because I hated that feeling. And so you go through divorces with your parents or yourself or whatever. Uh, a death like my brother, I lost him at, at just before his 22nd birthday and he was fighting addiction. And so all these tough things are, are little markers and steps to keep that mental toughness going and get to up to the top of that mindset mountain. And, uh, you know, for me, I speared my testicles in the 60 day challenge. Yes, you did. And for, me, about that. and for me, quitting, it just is not an option for me. I'd rather die than quit. And that, that's, that's, that's the truth. I just, quitting does not phantom me. It's not, it doesn't fit on me well. I just won't, won't do it. And, and I knew I was okay. I know my body. I know my immune system and how tough it is. I've been in the swamps for many, many years. I trusted the medics I had. I knew they were good. And I'm like, look, I've been in worse situations and have, well, maybe not worse injuries because I was about one millimeter from bleeding out and clipping a major blood vessel. But I've stitched myself up all the time. Just keep it clean, you know. And so they stitched away and I didn't want them wasting time trying to stick me with six needles to numb it up. They'd have to wait longer. I'm like, this thing's been open over an hour. We need to get it closed up. It's, it's loose skin. Just sew it up. And it's, you know, you're going to poke me with seven needles. You're probably going to give me six or seven stitches. Just start stitching. I wound up getting eight. And so just start stitching. Yeah. And for those, those that, that don't know this story, you were standing on a branch. And yeah. I was on a log. Hanging out over the swamp. And yep, the about 10, 10, 12 feet above the water. And that, wow. And I, I, yeah. And I stuck a stick underneath my feet, which was one of the sticks I was using to clear away this lilies, these hyacinth to make an opening for like a fish hole. Mm-hmm. And I put it in the underneath the tree so I could get at it. Once I got to the end, I was going to sit on the end and then try to move the rest of the hyacinth out of the way so I can complete my fishing hole. And not until the show aired and one of my friends slow-moed it and realized what had happened did I realize it was the very stick I put in the water oh. that speared me. And if I wouldn't have done that, I would have just had a bath for the day. And that would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, you know, in survival situation, I, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And you, you can't, you know, I always try to slow myself down because I'm a very fast paced mover, a lot of energy. And I know that if I go too fast, I always, I wind up getting hurt. And I thought I had taken that situation and, and uh, assessed the whole scenario that was going on. And obviously I didn't. And uh, in the drink, I went and tried to uh, make some shish kebabs. Out of the family jewels. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and was it was like- tore pretty bad. That, that was a that was a pretty telling moment where I'm watching there and you look like a woman giving birth and I'm like I I can't believe I'm watching the, the EJ do this I mean you're just sitting there like yeah whatever like give me some popcorn and I think it was Max like don't quote me I think it was Max that said there's no way he would have tapped he's like there's no yeah. if that if I'm in every all the guys to a T the crew this they're on the, I don't hear anything that's going on, but they're in their ears on their whisper mics saying, oh, EJ's down, EJ's down. They're like, oh my God, no way, what's going on? And then they said what happened. And then every man, every person was just like, oh no, oh, I'm out of there. No way. He's yeah. doing what? And, uh, you know, it's just that, you know, shows people that, you know, there's some bad things that can happen. You can rise above it and be tougher than it is and deal with it. Because in a real survival situation, I would have to have handled that and I would have, you know, it's just, there's a lot of insurance rules and whatever, because I've stitched myself up 
tons of times. Was that right? Uh, oh gosh. Right here. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, I've got, I've got stitchings that I did to myself all the time. And, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's something I learned when I was in EMT school and I got to learn how to do sutures. And so, you know, I just, you know, it's, to me, it's a practical skill and, and I've stitched yeah. myself up with dental floss and regular thread and whatever. I just keep it clean and lots of hot water. And so, yeah. you know, I always treat the challenges as real as I can keep them. And yeah. uh, they sure? do a pretty good job of that. Well, and at the end of the last challenge, when you guys were, and this is one of the things I think that I know as a fan, someone who's been watching all these challenges and everything, it's, <clears throat> as you know, I'm very much into, into the brain and the mindset and tenacity. I grew up with four brothers, so I had a sink or swim situation. There was no princessness. So I relate to a lot of what you're saying. It's like I had to step the F up or I was going to be left behind or fail or whatever. And um, and I just love your little sound bites because I'm like, I so relate to him. And I think so many people do like they feel it in their heart yeah. and their soul when you're saying certain things. And at the very end of that challenge, everyone's like, we're out of here, we're out of here. EJ Snyder says, and I'm quoting you, you said, um, just to remind or to tell everybody, you guys were getting on rafts in 41 degree water. And, you know, you had a canoe and a raft and there's six, yep. six, seven, six, seven of you, seven, seven, and you're, you're needing to get to the, the final destination of extraction. And it yep. was cold and it was very, you know, kind of, but you said, for me, it's all about focus. We're not there yet. And yep. I was like, God, that just gives me chills. Just thinking about that because it's true. It's like, so my question to you is, can you talk to us about the importance of focus and not yeah. celebrating too soon? Because yeah know what that does yeah mother nature is very unpredictable situations in life can be very unpredictable and so you can't always foresee an outcome you hope for the best and hope that that outcome will be what you want but you have to always remain especially like in life and in a survival situation remain flexible you have to adapt you have to change course and pivot at a, at a given moment to make sure you stay on course and focus towards the end prize because i mean i remember my foot being in that water and I'm like, damn, my foot must be falling asleep. I can't feel it. And I pulled it out. And it was dang near blue. Wow. Because the water was so cold, it was starting to almost turn frostbite. It was that cold. And I was like, oh, all right, let's keep this warm these feet up. And, uh, you know, it, it, focus is, is you have to remember, you know, that's when you're so tired and you're so run down. And that's when the worst things can happen. And you want to get everybody to the end. And, you know, then all of a sudden the, 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 the canoe starts taking on water and, you know, these situations start developing. So, you know, the end prize is, is to get to the extraction and get everybody there in one piece and safe and, and not, you know, healthy. And so when you have to focus, you know, you have to keep your eyesight on that. Uh, okay, there's the end goal. That's where we're going. And we're not out of here yet. Anything bad can happen. We have to be prepared. So that we can meet that end goal, and just you just got to stay focused. You can't get distracted. Uh, the time for sightseeing at that point is, you know, take it in and, and be in the moment. But uh, we'll sightsee when we get to the end yeah. you know, on that plane. Then we can look around yes. and then relish the victory because, you know, a lot of the other folks that I was with uh, were half my age. All could have been my kids, and like most of them at night are like EJ. You're 55 years old. I, there's no way I'm out here at 55 sleeping on this ground in this cold. We, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, well, you just got to stay, you know, you got to live life and suck the bone marrow out of life. And that calls for some going through some pain and agony. That's how you, 
become better. That's how you how greatness all of a sudden rears its head up is because it's those things you go through that that make you a better person, make you grow inside, make you evolve. You know, I always said in life, you do no favors to people by coddling them. Uh, right. You know, hard times don't last, but hard people do. And so if you coddle people through life, you're just setting them up for failure, I feel. So when something really gets tough in their face, they don't know how to get through the other side of it. And that's part of mindset and focus is just, yes. you know, embrace the suck, hug it, kiss it, pat it on its back, put it in your sidecar and keep moving. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you just got to be tougher than the moment. Yes. You know, um, how do you handle personality clashes? Because obviously you've been on five challenges, sometimes yeah. a little wonky, um, but in this particular challenge, you've got seven of the elite, right? Seven and right. Eight. towards the end, start yeah. out with 12. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Very so, strong individuals. Yes. Uh, let's, let's honor those because that's absolutely true. Um, variant of skills. It's not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised to have so many standing there with me at the end, but elated as well. Many of them are people I want to be out there with and do survival stuff with just wish it was longer. Um, uh, you know, um, and I'll bring another point up in a minute about being alone. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, but, you know, it's, 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 you know, you, you have personalities that are coming in your life. Thankfully, in the military, I had people from all walks of life, backgrounds, religious creeds, uh, men and women and, and different takes on life, uh, different grow up, uh, growing up situations, uh, marital statuses, whatever. And so in the military, I learned how to deal with a lot of different people as a senior leader and leadership is motivating others to do what you know needs to be done to get the, get the job done, get to the end goal. And a lot of people, a lot of times don't know they need to be led. So you have to, you actually lead them and they don't realize they're being led. And it's by the things you say, how you present it. If I got to make you think it's your idea to, to, to get you moving, to get it done, no problem. No skin off my back. I quietly did my job as a leader. You take all the glory. I don't care, but I led you to get that going and get it done for the group. And so I had to be a leader for a lot of people. I was a chieftain. I had, they had to look up to me. I always spoke daily and I only opened my mouth when important things need to be said, not just to hear myself talk. There's a lot of people out there like that. And then you run into different situations and calibers of people. And, you know, it's just a fact, men, always tend to think more on a logical side of things, how they outlook in life. Women just happen to think in an emotional side. Now there are exceptions to the rules. I'm not yes. saying that. I'm not, yep. I'm no, not pointing you. at a woman and saying, Hey, you will go over here, go over there. Everybody's equal in my life. They show up with a certain set of skills. Whatever you present to me, that's what I'm going to accept from you as your face value, what you're bringing to the table. But it's a scientific fact that that's just how we think and how we look at mm -hmm. situations and problems. It's not a weakness. It's a lot of times it's a greatness. It's a strength because women, the female lion, rip your head off over their kids and they have a certain inner strength that is an emotional strength, but it's, it's also put into physical acting to be an impressive thing. And so as I dealt with different people, I one had to figure out, okay, what is the situation? What is the exact problem? What's giving me angst? What's causing me some negative energy or, or feelings that I don't want in my, I'm a positive person. I don't like negative energy hanging around because that becomes a yeah. cancer. And I'm like, I, I, I was not always like this, but now I'm at a point where it's like, I handle things right then and there. I don't let it linger, get in there, 
get it out on the open. Let's just keep moving on. It's better for everybody. Because uh, I, if I harbor emotion, I get very angry. I start making snide remarks. I start making faces. And I don't want to be that guy. That's not, that's not appreciative to the people that are with me that I need to, to help me get through this challenge. And the two girls I was with in the beginning, I credit them a lot. They're strong women. We had our issues. We dealt with them. Maybe not as dramatic as it was edited, but we did have them and, and they were real. And, uh, you know, in the end game, it's like everyone wants to feel important. Nobody wants to be a sidekick. I don't want anybody to be a sidekick. Everybody brings value. But those two ladies in the shelter we built really helped me get through 60 days because it was a massively impressive shelter. It kept me warm and dry. And that was that that's like 75 percent of the game right there to get to the end is, is keeping your core body temperature in check. And those two ladies, Suzanne and Sarah, really, uh, I was sad to see them go, but they just didn't have the weight to take the impact of what the swamp does in the cold to your body. Yeah. And, uh, but they went as far as they could. And then there I was alone for a while. You know, I love that you brought up the communication because what's great about this, EJ, is I think we're on the same wavelength because basically all the questions that I have formulated for you, you're answering yeah. for me. <laughs> Without right. That's awesome. But yeah, around the same uh, spirit level. Definitely. So the, you know, the communication is a huge thing. And when you, when you said that, you're like, you know, I'm all about getting it out in the open. I was like, so am I, bro. I don't yeah. like all this hidden crap. I think we need to yeah, me, Max and I had a little bit of a, uh, a tiff. And as a survivalist, I've got to think through problems. If I didn't have him out there, I got to get the fish out of the water. I got to figure out how I'm going to do that. How am I not going to lose the fish? How am I not going to lose the, the hook? And he just didn't give me a chance to do that. And I understood he was trying to help and be appreciative, but I felt very disrespected. I felt like, give me a moment, man. It's like you wake up late and you go over there and you take, you go on the honey, the honey pot, which is that the very limb I fell off of and it's catching all the fish. I would walk all the way down to the North point and walk my way back because I always knew there'd be a victory at the end. So I'd rather get all the disappointment done first. And then at the end, yes, we got a fish. But every time I'd come back, he had already just got up, run out there. Cameras were rolling. Oh, look, we got fish. I'm like, hey, let me have a little victory here once in a while. Let me just pull a fish in. It seems like a small thing, or but it really is a big deal out there because small things are big things out there. I was going to say, it, it, it really has to do with the environment. And in that, you like you need that own win for yourself too, don't you? Yeah. Just kind of yeah, and I hadn't had a victory in a while. And I think about what if I didn't spear myself, how different my challenge would have been. Uh, I was just days away from nailing a deer in that swamp. And then when Max and Gary showed up and they're very loud, they're chopping all the trees. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got nothing against loudness because I'm loud when it's appropriate. The deer started pushing away again. I was calling them in and I was yeah. getting so close to getting a deer. Uh, and the producers asked me, I'm like, good. I, look, guys, I'm good for another week by myself here. I says, I, I've been by myself for three weeks in Bulgaria. Bulgaria was a much tougher environment wow. uh, in the mountains without food, uh, just, just basically as a vegetarian. And, and, and no deer hides, no good shelter material. I was in a world of hurt up there. And I'm like, I did three weeks up there. You guys remember that? So three weeks here in the swamp, which is kind of a second home for me. I could do a month, no problem. And I was enjoying my solace. And the time connecting with spirit and nature and the animals. And I was having a good spirit walk for that time. But I guess that chapter for two weeks was good enough for him. So, well, let's talk about spirit. Let's talk about that because I'm a super spiritual person, not religious, but spiritual. And yeah. in, in this 
I was rewatching a little bit. I saved that last 60 days on my recorder and I can't delete the freaking thing. My, my husband's like, she yeah. delete this. I'm like, I can't delete it yet. It's just such a great challenge. Yeah. Um, it's one of the better ones. It, it really captured it. A lot it, of oh, aspects, just, it was skills just and humanity and everything. Beautiful on so many levels. I mean, I think everybody would benefit from watching that last season. Not that they're all amazing, but you right. did at one point, you said, you said spirits, father in heaven, whatever helped me with whatever was going on. And I was like, we need to talk about that spiritual aspect of it. Because for me, I, yeah. I, I think I, I need to walk with spirit in my life, like every day, yeah. all day. And, yeah. you know, talk about leaning on that idea or that knowledge or that philosophy or that energy, whatever you call it. Uh, all that you work. have to, what I found though, through my evolve evolution of, of challenges you know i have a native american heritage some viking in me and i was really tapped into some of that stuff early on in my life and through the military kind of got put back in my deep in myself and then when i was on my second challenge with morazera we were in the amazon it really the amazon brought that primal side out in me again and tapped back into it and i realized that i have a sixth sense i have a way about spirit reading you'd be tapping into the universe call it jedi powers whatever that the same things that kept me alive in combat as a point guy sensing booby traps and sensing the enemy, I could use as a factor inside survival to knowing knowing how wildlife behaves. Wildlife behaviors are a key way of keeping yourself from getting snake bit and many other things. I'm going to apply all this now. And I'm going to tap into the spirits and nature and let them guide me. And it's such a better experience because when you start working with the universe within nature and not trying to conquer it, just kind of flow with it get mad at it when you will but get back on point and then you know always be grateful and thankful and feel blessed to be in that setting and yeah. be in such a simple world and a simple life which i find so enriching and so valuable and i feel much more like a millionaire out in the wild than i do when i'm back in society uh it's very important to take those quiet moments and pray still yourself meditate do yoga um to give thanks, be grateful, and have your affirmations every day on what you're going to get done. And I would do that two, three, two, twice a day normally. Once in the morning, after I've got out hunting early, whatever, wait for the sun to come up and do it then. And then at the end of the day, I always did it, whether it was to the moon or to the sun setting. Uh, the moon's very powerful in my world of spirituality. It governs a lot of things for me. So if I could have a nice moonlit night, I would save it for later. But I always tapped into prayer, tapped into spirit to keep me safe, guarded, protected, and to just be thankful for every little thing I got, whether I thank the plants, I thank the animals, I thank the trees, because that's the swamp itself for providing me with the things I needed to keep alive. And when I left, they showed that moment of me giving thanks to the swamp, but that was a daily factor of me. I had a Zen spot on the North shore, away from the camp, really quiet. And I had one on the South side, on the backside of our shelter, with a Zen little circle I made out of vines, that that was my zone. And I would go in there and the birds would come commune with me and uh, sometimes the butterflies and whatever. And here's this big, tough, militant Neanderthal Viking guy and have that side of heart that you can have compassion and love for people and for what you're doing. And, um, and then with mindset being what your number one tool in survival, your number one support in survival is spirit oh. and having some sort of spirituality. If you're, whether you're a Christian, a Muslim, whatever, worship God, worship the great spirit, spirits in general. Um, they're all there to aid you. 
And when I, on the first day I was by myself that morning, I was walking around the island and a barn owl showed up. And that guy was the spirit guardian of mine that stayed with me the whole time until Max and Gary showed up. They would literally fly with me when I was walking down the wow. island to go hunting. And I was giving him crawfish and trying to befriend him. And I was about two crawfish short of being able to take that owl, capture him, and put him on my shoulder. Wow. I would have really loved to have had that moment. But that, that creature was magnificent. That is so amazing to hear because I enjoy those type of things. And I think that yeah. so inspiring to so many people. And it's, it's kind of sad in a way that they, there's only so, many, so much time that they can yeah. film in. They have now to they, would, they showed them on camera, but you're right. They only have so much time to show things. I actually carved out a pin from my deer cloak uh, to go through my cloak to keep it on on my body of a barn owl and actually wow. it was a pretty cool little craft to honor that owl and awesome. uh, yeah I love so. that so you recently um, said on an IG post you said the whole every uh, each challenge was a blessing a lesson a chance to grow a time yeah. to lead to be wise yeah. to have gratitude to help to bless others to be a good tribe mate to teach, to be the light, an example, and an inspiration. And obviously that spoke to me so much that I copied and pasted it. <laughs> I nice. was like, yeah. So, so tell us about the blessing and a lesson, because, you yeah. know, we touched on this earlier that each thing that I've had a lot of things happen in my life to a lot, right. you and I could talk right. Right around a campfire and, um, and, and it is, it's about taking those challenges and turning them into greatness. Yeah. So, you know, how, how does one start uh, that? Like, what would you, what yeah. you give? I, that's one of the things I love about the challenges because you learn something about yourself, learn something about life, become better, evolve in a way. And the lessons get presented in many ways, whether it's a, an action that happened in the survival event, uh, it's a disagreement with somebody. It's something that you offend them and you don't realize it. You've got to go back and understand that the partnership's way more important than your ego. Um, and so in all those things, I look forward to that the most is going through this thing and coming out the other side better for it. And whatever is going to be presented to me every day, I took every step and every lesson. And they always ask, hey, how many, what day is it? How many days are left? And how are you feeling? I'm like, look, I've told you guys a thousand times. I'm counting this challenge by the amount of steps I take. And I guarantee you, by the end of 60 days, I will never know how many steps I ever took. And I'll be thankful and grateful for every one of them. And that's how I want to remember this challenge, not by the amount of days, but for all the steps I took. Because each step, uh, there was a lesson or there was a way for me to bless somebody or be in a good way. For my first XL challenge, my partner Jeff and I, we were just trying to dominate that place. We were just trying to be the beasts of the jungle. And we did that in such a way that we had signed on to be so dominant that we would be able to go 40 weeks, let alone 40 days. And that was our attitude. But in doing that, there was another style of survival with the other group, which was more laid back, wasn't wrong. It was just their way of doing things, but it just wasn't our way during that setting. And I left the challenge with a good friend in Jeff. And he was my brother and always has been like my younger brother. Mm -hmm. But with the other group, there was some, you know, there was a lot of uh, angst and, and uh, they took things really personal and took it a different way. And it wasn't that we were saying we were better than them at all. But in the end, we me and Jeff had walked together the whole time without anyone else. And so we didn't see why we should all walk out 
as a group, but just get on the about, phone as a group. We're talking about Jeff Zausch. Yeah, Jeff Zausch on yeah. XL1. So when I came into XL7 with Legends, and I was hoping a lot of those other people would still be there. I've made amends with some of them over the years. We've had some discussions. But what I felt when I left XL1 was I missed a leadership leadership opportunity to kind of band those two groups together and make it not so much about me and Jeff, which was kind of arrogant and, and egotistical, and be better for the group. And I missed that. And it was my, you know, what anybody wants to think, like I said, a lot of people don't know they need to be led, but they do. And uh, I know there was a lot of Bush hippies didn't want some militant guy to lead them. And I wasn't probably prepared to be a chieftain at that moment, but I missed that leadership opportunity. And I felt like I didn't walk out of there with a family, a full intact clan. Mm. Uh, even though we said we were the elite eight, um, I didn't feel that was there. So this time I want to make sure that every chance I got to, I want to do better at, at showing leadership on many levels. And I want to walk out with a family in the sense of team and clansmanship and all that stuff. And I really felt that I did. And that was something I want to, uh, that was the only, really the only goals I had going into there for 60, in making 60 days was to have those two things plus the 60 days. And, mm -hmm. and I got to meet all those. Yeah, that's amazing. So Jeff, at the end of this challenge said, straight to the camera, without blinking, he said, there is no person I trust more with my life than EJ Snyder. And I feel like honestly, EJ, that I mean, could you have a better compliment? Could there be a more humbling, no. right? I mean, no, my, my, my tribes mates really, uh, they honored me in so, so many ways that I'm grateful for, you know, that statement from Jeff, Jeff and I have been through a lot together. We, 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 we did uh, season nine of dual survival as hosts together. Uh, we've traveled the world together. We've been in some sticky situations outside of of TV. I mean, when we were in uh, Turkey and Istanbul, there was a the, 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 in July there was the uh, there was the uh, um, the military coup was going on, and they were bombing the airport that we were in. Uh, wow. So we had been through a lot, and I had showed him action that we needed an escape plan, how we were going to get out of there. Uh, I had contacts calling me uh, with with coding so they could help get us out of there if it got really bad. And he saw that in me. So that's why I think he says that uh, Max complimented me. Gary complimented me on many times about, you know, being out here and being on uh, with my skill level and the things I knew. And I don't do it in an arrogant way. I just want to share with everyone and, and just let's survive together and be good teammates. And so, you know, Max and I, we took on that big challenge of doing that dugout canoe and uh, that was amazing, by the way. What the heck? I mean, that was that was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, it was a project of love and pain. It was really a lot. And uh, but Max was a young, he was the youngest guy out there at that time, and I was the oldest. How and then Max? we both How Max is a thir 30, I believe. Okay. And um, for us to come together, especially in this time and world, mm -hmm. two different age groups grew up two different times. You know, African-American male with very liberal views on life in the world. I'm, I'm an independent thinker, but more conservative in certain values and things and like that. And show people that you don't have you can be opposites and you can still love each other, respect each other and work together. And um, and it worked out really, really well uh, for us because we we had such a respect for each other. And, and that's why, you know, I had to clear that that situation up uh, pretty quick. And 
And then I disrespected him in a way and, and, and apologized for that because that was just not cool. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's all about owning your shit. You know, I tell my family members, you know, my kids, my relationships, I'm like, you know what, when it's your bad, just own it. What's the worst yeah. that can happen? Just own it. It's that's me, my yeah. bad. And you move on and everybody feels so much better. But I think what you're talking about here is why you've become a fan favorite is because there is this mixture of grit with compassion, EJ. I mean, people see yeah. this. And, and what's really cool is that I know that's a heart connection that people are getting by watching TV because so much is edited. They're really not having the full exposure of EJ right. Snyder. They're getting right. these little blips, but there's a feeling you can feel. And in, in uh, this last 60 day challenge, there was some, I can't remember if it was Gary when he was not feeling well, or if it was Max when he was sad that Gary left, but at some, some point they apologized, like, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling good. And you said, you, you looked at him and you said, you take the time you need. Yeah. You know, in so many words, I'm paraphrasing. Right, uh, right, right. You know, and that's a, that's kind of a, that's so compassionate, but also you're in a survival situation. So there's a, always this balance that you're playing, yeah. right? So can you talk about and that? Once, yeah. When someone goes down, if I went down myself, you know, I was in a situation where I was hurt and I couldn't go in the water, uh, for a few days, which was problematic. Uh, they were worried I could pull the stitches out. Then I was done, uh, just by doing work, but I couldn't let the guys just do all the work. So I did what I could and took the chores on that I could take on without violating that. Um, you know, my, you know basically my profile, as we'd say in the military and then, uh, adapt around what I could do and still be a helpful partner, let them take on the heavy lifting. And then eventually as days went on, I could do more and more and more. And then when another partner goes down, then it's time, Hey, I got to step up. I got to chop harder. I got to do this. It's your turn. You just chill out. And that happens in a real survival situation. People are going to get sick. People are going to get hurt. You got to nurse them back to health. And it's a lot tougher in that situation, but you know, you got to be a good partner and team. And that means the others that are in good shape, take on more of the task. We'd have loved to have the third set of arms chopping that 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 uh, dugout canoe even though it was probably only gonna be big enough for two people uh but to have a third person working on it we would have been done with it so much faster but gary was incredibly sick it was very hard to watch uh within five days i watched this guy that walked into my camp him and max both strong muscular looked in great shape were full of energy healthy we're strong we're chopping logs with the pulaski left and right lifting these big monster logs to relegate it to laying in the field position inside the shelter and just wasting away within five days, he deteriorated so fast. And they didn't even know what it was. They said at the end of the show. Yeah. That was no, no idea. I suspect it was some kind of a bug or a parasite that got in behind his eyes because of what he kept complaining about these massive migraines in his head. And I think something got attached or behind his eyeballs from the alligator eyes that he stuck in his eyes. And, yeah. Um, you know, it, that's just proof that if sometimes you do stupid things just for a shock or a laugh, mm -hmm. but you need levity in a survival situation, but maybe next time just hold them up to your eyes. Yeah, and not shove uh, it. Because he did it on, yeah. his, on his bald eye. Like it wasn't over his yeah. eyelid. Yeah, I thought I thought his eyelids were closed, but his eyes were open when he said when he did it. And and that was just, it was, it, it's terrible because it took him out of the challenge and, and you know, we were, we were pretty strong at that point. Then it came down to the fact that Gary, both me and Max, all of our partners had left and we only had each other uh, compared to what happened with the other groups, you know? And so 
you know, some cards you get dealt is what happens. And yeah. so you just deal with them and you keep pushing, you keep, you know, taking care of each other. So, so two, two quick things. One is um, how, how did it feel? For, we, we touched on being alone, but is there a point, like you knew there was so many other groups out there is at some yeah. point you're thinking, I'm going to try to hook up with other people or, cause I know they just kind of found you. But yeah. were, you, were you happy when that happened, or were you like, "Yeah, this is cool," or it's not cool? Like you didn't really. Yeah, I didn't really. For me, I had no idea they were coming into the camp. I was like, just I was I was in my own solace. I just had a major injury. Spent the day taking it easy. Made a loincloth to protect myself, which was a fun craft project with fishing line sewing and sewing up that loincloth. And knew the next day I was going out hunting and uh to go get a deer no matter what you know and uh being by myself i had gotten to a, a rhythm you know you yeah. yeah it's it's harder i've got more chores to do but i always would try to do firewood collecting in the morning because sometimes you get to the back end of the day something could happen and you don't want to be rushing around trying to find firewood especially in the middle of the night or when it gets dark because the cold is coming or that's when you catch a fish at the end of the day now you've got to clean a fish get ready to cook it, which is great but when you're by yourself, to me, staying warm and firewood is way more important than eating at that moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, uh, but when the others showed up, I was kind of happy to see them because like, oh, now I got someone to talk to. Oh, wow, they brought honey. And yeah. I, me, and Gar me and Gary are good friends outside of the show anyway. Yeah. And then to see him and Max just roll in, it was a nice surprise. And it was kind of nice to have somebody else to talk yeah. to be able to fill the shelter back up with two more bodies and, and split this and split the share of the task and get to seeing what this new team could do. Um, I was wanting a few more days. Cause like I said, I was pretty close to getting a deer and I figured that once I got that deer, I'd smoke mm -hmm. it and then take all that with me and then set out. On, I could set out on foot, not having to worry about finding food. And then, cause I figured I kind of knew I sensed where Mac, uh, Matt, Ryan and Wiley were. I kind of figured, I kind of felt I knew where they were mm -hmm. and I would have just had to cross over this one channel. So I had to wait for my, you know, probably was going to have to wait for everything to heal up to get across there because there was no way other than swimming to do that or maybe build a small boat or a bridge, which we did build a 40 foot bridge uh, to nice. get to the north side, but nobody didn't see much of that. I think he saw us walking across it once. Me, Gary helped me finish it. Yeah. Um, but I was going to go ahead west and try and find Matt and those guys because mm -hmm. I kind of knew where they were. And I figured those other the other camps were way south of me. And that was just a way further than what I wanted to do. I wanted to head towards the X and hopefully find some other folks down the road. But I was doing fine by myself. I wasn't going crazy or nothing. I'd sing, I'd sing songs at night and just kind of, you know, keep the swamp entertained. And, you know, when you're by yourself, you have to be your best friend. You have to entertain yourself. You need to look at the camera and know that that's your audience and that's your friends out there and talk to the camera as if it was your friend and be a little eccentric and uh, just keep your sanity that way. Cause I can see, you know, the laws of three say within 90 days, people can, if you're by yourself, you can go stir crazy and kind of lose it you mm -hmm. know, when, you're, when you're in solitude for, for three months. Wow. Yeah, I would think so. So one last thing I want to touch on is uh, Miss Riley. Little Miss Riley, who's talking about, I mean, that's amazing. She, you got someone there? Uh, yeah, I'm doing a, a podcast. I'll be over in just a, just a minute. It's ready. You guys did it that fast. 
You guys kick ass. That's awesome. You got a whole, you got a whole thing. You got a whole community going on over there. I love it. Yeah, yeah. They were they were taking care of something for me. Uh, the the uh, off grid generator kind of went down, so they were did a little favor for me. Came out awesome. here, a couple friends of mine. Got so, it fixed. You know, anyway. Being, being a so girl, Miss Riley. Yeah, being a girl that grew up with only boys, I identified with her so much. I I just was. Riley's so amazing. Clued into her that. Right. But yeah, yeah. Share with us something. Riley and I in the in our shelter were down towards each other, and then the first night they came in, me, her, and Max slept around our fire in our little lean to until we built the good shelter, and then she would get so cold. And I was like, Riley, look, I'll I'm the biggest guy in the shelter, but I'll take this smallest spot down here on the end, and I'll tough it out, and I'll I'll sit down here at the head of the table where everyone had the log fire where they could warm their whole their whole torso. I could only get like a little small section maybe to warm my belly at best but she and i were 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 very close she watched after me uh she knew that i was the first one up in the morning me and matt because we'd go hunting and then in the evening i'd be the last one back in and i'd be collecting firewood up to the last minute doing whatever because i would be out just hunting day and night trying to, to score something for our team and she would always you know we sometimes i'd get the firewood or she'd fill the firewood up we'd take care of each other when I would leave in the morning, I'd hand her one of my deer pelts that I was laying on so she could have a blanket to stay warm and sleep a little bit longer. Um, and then uh, when we would pass the bucket of food, we'd say, okay, such and such, a pinch or whatever. I would always take a little bit less because at this point, I have a mental state and a spirituality that's going to get me to the end. Mm-hmm. And if the younger guys need food more so than me because they are they just need to run on that, I, I'm, I'm high on life, so I, I have that energy. Yeah. I wasn't taking as much as I was supposed to. So she's like, hey, can you show me your Zen spot? Because, of course, I had to have a, a spot to pray at. And mm-hmm. it was underneath this 300-year-old oak tree. It was massive. She said, oh, I want to go over there and see this. So I went over there. We started a little fire. I said, yeah, sometimes I come here at night, get a campfire going because I like it. Get some time alone, be in myself. Because mm-hmm. I can only listen to so many of Matt Wright's stories, as funny as they are. He's got a thousand of them. <laughs> Uh, and I love Matt, but oh my God, he's oh, so yeah. funny. But Riley pulls out a handful of like eight pieces of meat that she'd been stashing away. She's like, here, you eat this. I know you haven't been taking as much as you need to, and you've got to stay strong. We need you. So please, that it just touched me so, mm-hmm. moved me so, so much. And I don't know that they even showed that, but that was, uh, and every time I go into a challenge, I like to have a moment with at least one moment with everybody that can have these great memories to take from my life away from with all those individuals out there. And I had plenty with Max and my other partners prior. So I had some good ones with, with Riley and then me and Jeff got to go hunting again. Then me and Steven had, had some time, uh, not as much time with Ryan as I wanted, but, uh, we had a few moments and, uh, and then me and Matt, we go out hunting together. And so, uh, those are very important for me to have those one-on-ones and have those relationships built. Well, AJ, we're just about out of time. So I, although you and okay. I talked for 40 hours, um, yeah, yeah. let's just, let's just real quick wrap up and, and re <clears throat> circle back to the things that you offer for everybody in the name of your right. website. So people can get yeah, a hold of you. Your so Instagram you can follow channel. me, uh, on social media, at Instagram or Twitter at EJ Snyder, three, three, three. Uh, EJ Snyder public figure page on Facebook. Uh, and you can get to all those links at ejsnyder.com. www.ejsnyder.com has all social media links, YouTube, everything. Uh, on that page, you will 
see a lot about me, the challenges I've done, um, the services I offer, everything from survival training to trek guiding to teaching you how to camp, backpack, um, motivational speaking. I do appearances at different events and uh, do meet and greets, that kind of stuff. I uh, do cameo shout outs. Cameo, so if you I wanna, yeah. If you want a happy birthday or an anniversary to somebody or just your own pep talk, I've done it all. Uh, just sign up on Cameo and, and I'll do those. Um, we have a lot of gear that I, you know, I've created knives. I've got T-shirts on an online T-shirt store, links to all that stuff. Uh, if you like the full, if you like the kayak, I got this recreational foldable kayak that fits in the trunk of your car, saves you from having to put it on top of your roof. I'm involved with so many different things and it's just about sucking the bone marrow out of life. I've got my own food line, uh, survival kits. Uh, and now we're getting ready to release survival tutorial videos, individuals, and then some combo packs to make That's it a little awesome. bit more affordable for you. And they're just the basics of survival and you can learn a lot. And there's several, several different videos, like the shelter building is three separate videos and different ones each, uh, but they can, you can watch them by themselves. And so, uh, every, all the basics of survival and go check them out. They'll be up in the next day or two on the website for purchase, download purchase. And, uh, yeah, just reach out to me and, uh, connect with me on ejsnare.com. Well, EJ, thank you from the bottom of my heart, both for your military service, also for being you and for blessing the world with inspiration because Lord knows we need it. We all need it. And for being such a solid human being to, yeah. um, shine your light for a lot of people. You know, I, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Well, God, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blessing. I know a lot of people are going to say, hey, when are you going back out? I am always ready. I would leave right now if they called me up to go out on another adventure and take it to parade. I was the only one who, said, with any honesty, said I would go back out and do another 60 days right then and there after only a you few weeks of recovery. And uh, all the other legends, you know, I love them all. They may say it. I don't think any of them mean it because every one of them said they'd not do it again. Uh, but you change your mind after a few months, you may want to, we, we get addicted to this, but for me personally, I would do it at any moment. They know that. So it's not up to me. It's up to them. I have filmed a couple pilots and I'm in the running for some other shows. So maybe I'll be on something else in the future, but, um, for me, TV is coming to a closure, uh, down the road here probably soon. And I'm just trying to live life and do the things I do and, uh, probably going to start presenting my own, uh, material on my YouTube channel and on TikTok for the world to be exposed to it, stuff I can create the content the way I want to create it yeah. and not have to have it uh, the way others want. It. So, yeah. you know, I'm not turning down any opportunities. So they pop up, I'll do them. Well, I can't wait to see what's in store for you and, and, and I'll be there watching. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me and everybody out there, you know, stay positive, stay focused in life, keep a positive mindset. You can get through anything. And uh, I'm here for you in spirit. Stay naked. Stay lovely and be real and be the best human you can be on the planet. Yeah! I hope you all enjoyed this interview as much as I did. And if you did, I would sure appreciate it if you jumped over to iTunes and left me a five-star rating and review. And don't forget to share it with someone that you love. Until next time, everyone, remember, you matter.